The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Welcome to another episode of Coach's Challenge. Uh, we're joined here by a coach that has won medals at every level with the Swedish national team. There are countless of silvers sprinkled uh, with quite a few golds coming up in both under 18, under 20 and senior level. You coached one of the top teams this season in Europe and at the moment your name comes up every time there is a coaching vacancy in the NHL. Uh, welcome to the show, Rickard Grönborg. Thank you very much. Um, I've just read um, the other day um, in regards to Carlo Ancelotti that coaching would be the best job in the world if there weren't any games. He's one of the best coaches in the football world. Was do you? What's your take on that in regards to hockey? <laughs> well, at least be less uh, pressure, less stress, I guess. But. Uh... That's the, I think the main reason we we have this this profession. Most coaches, anyways, at this level, is because you you kind of uh, enjoy that fear <laughs> at the same time as you enjoy it uh, of coaching and having a little pressure and, and stress in your life because uh, that makes it worth it at the end of the day. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm sure missing the game and I'm sure happy, uh, hoping that uh, sooner or later we'll we'll get back into action here and uh, regular action with with the crowds and the stands and everything else. But obviously, it's going to be a a new normal somewhere here. Indeed, it is a, a very different um, setting in the world right now. We've seen that that sports is starting to kick off with, uh, as I mentioned, the, the Premier League, but uh, the German uh, Bundesliga and, and uh, the French League is coming on soon as well, and uh, Serie A in, in football. Hockey is sort of waiting uh, for, for the NHL playoffs, and uh, it was an interesting weekend with the with the draft lottery. Did you have any takes on that? Yeah, but that, that kind of sums up uh, 2020 somehow. That uh, of course that's going to happen. Uh, even though there was quite a bit of a chance that that actually would happen, but but at the end of the day, I, I think uh, you know everything uh, you know happens for a reason, and, and it's going to be obviously making uh, the playoffs or I should say the play in here more, even more interesting. Um, you know what team is is going to lose out there and potentially get the number one draft pick. Uh, you know, obviously, you know it, it's uh, it's interesting with uh, the potential of Montreal picking uh, the first overall, and and uh, obviously is a it's a French Canadian that's uh, you know spotted for for that place. So it's going to be interesting in that in that sense for for Montreal and then the rest of the hockey world. Indeed, and uh, I mean, like there has been incentives even in your uh, career. Um, uh, where, or at least hockey teams that we've seen, where there has been talk about throwing a game to get an easier ride in the in the playoffs, uh, especially in the World Championships and Olympics, but you can't really throw a series to to earn the first draft pick, can you? 
Uh, <laughs> no, I definitely not. I, I, I mean, obviously, us, us coaches, we pay to to prepare the teams for for winning, and that, that's the only thing that our mindset mindset should be on. And, and uh, I don't think it's any different in, in this case. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a consolation price in the sense of if you do lose out, that you you do have an opportunity to to, to get the first uh, first overall. But uh, you know, as as coaches, and I hope uh, everyone's thinking the same way as an organization as well. And, it, and you started out your coaching career in. Uh in the U.S. as well with St. Cloud State. Um, how did that come about? Because you were a player at first. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a long story short, but uh, it's actually a long story, but I'm trying to make it short here. Um, yeah, and we started out with actually me going over in a camp in in, uh, in Quebec, uh, in, in Verdun, Verdun Canadians, uh, you know, when I was... Uh, 19 years old, and and uh, went for a camp. They had a Quebec Mini Junior Hockey League uh, uh, team back then. Um, obviously, Mats Neslund helped out with with, with getting that, that opportunity. This is uh, late 80s, so it was before cell phones and, and internet and everything else. So everything was going by fax. Uh, but uh, I, I took the opportunity to go to go to Montreal and then and in Verdun in this case, and and had a really good training camp. And and, and out of that training camp, I uh, did get get a few offers and. And you know, start looking at the college as well. And in a sense, I was a pretty good student and uh, had pretty good grades, and as well as a, as a pretty decent hockey player. And and that's how I ended up at St. Cloud. Uh, yeah, I did, did have some some relatives uh, in in the Midwest, and uh, they helped me out of sorting out the different colleges in the, in the Midwest, and and end up in an up and coming program that was willing to take a chance on this guy from Sweden. And then that's how I ended up at St. Cloud because uh, that program was very new. That was the first year of Division One college hockey, and we we're building a brand new. Uh, um, arena um called national hockey center and uh you know very impressive back then and and uh yeah no it was uh, it was a very good choice choice for me at that, that time of my career and as well as, as me personally indeed and what a career it's been and and hopefully you have a long career ahead of you as well um but um you you have a medal at every level as i know uh, as i said and especially the world championship gold so you got a silver medal in the in the Zocchi olympics um you went from a coach um, which had the players for, you know, a, a once every other month, maybe, to an everyday coach. And what has been the difference when you signed with, with Zurich? Yeah, it was, it's been a, obviously a, a change. There's no question of that. I, I think I learned tremendously uh, during the time I was a national team coach. Number, number one, like you said, it you a very short uh, time having the players, uh, you know, when it comes to world championships, that was kind of the, the icing on the cake of having the players for, for three or more weeks of, of, of top talent players. But, uh, before that, there's a lot of planning and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of reflection time and, and in the sense between the different uh, tournaments, um, uh, and uh, as well as the, the, the different world championships. So I learned a lot. I, I think if you are a self-reflecting uh, person like, like myself, it, it was really, really good because uh, every time we, we met, I learned something new from, from the players and, and from the different circumstances. And I think uh, obviously it made me a better coach than, than, than I were, uh, you know, the, the 10 years or 12 years before that. So, um, you know, that carrying into in in a in a regular team or a regular season where you have the players the same players for for long periods of time and where you can actually work a lot more on details versus uh, your national team you got to be you know a little bit more black and white here you can work a little bit more in the gray zone you can work a little bit more with your personal relationship with the players um and and do it over a period of time uh, and i think if you're doing a really good job i think that's a, that's a, obviously a, an advantage 
and see him uh, develop not just for for one season, but you know, preferably if you have him more than one season, you can see him uh, grow uh, as a as a person as a player. Um, now I did have a, the the opportunity with the national teams of, of watching these players born in the in the 90s uh, grow up with us because you know we have them at uh, different times during the year from from the 16 years old all the way up to when they, we call them graduating from the under 20 national team and then heading into to to our national team so um you know the, the two teams 17 and 18 uh, that we when we won the gold medal in, in in the world championships a lot of those players i've seen from from coming into our program in and uh, as a 16 17 year old to to uh obviously winning the gold medal in the world championships so that was a that was also a relationship building over a period of time. Um, see those players grow and now obviously established players in the NHL and, and, and other leagues in, in, in the world. So, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's pro, pro cons with pros and cons with every, every job you have. And I, I think, uh, I've been fortunate to, to work with absolutely the top talent in the, in the world, uh, playing against the top talent in the world. And then obviously here's, as well, again, opportunity to to coach Zeta here in, in Zurich, and and which is a top organization in whole Europe, and and uh, you know, uh, and for, for doing as a, as as you said over the course of the season, and and obviously have another year in my contract here, so um, you know, obviously didn't end end up the season last year with the with the playoffs, so it was, which was too bad. Uh, I think uh, every team missing out on that, but uh, you know, had a great tremendous first regular season here for for myself with with this team. Yeah, and it's a little bit special with the NLA uh, National National Liga A. Is it how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You 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 also have the Swiss Cup and the Champions Hockey League. Um, it, does this mean that you bring in more players to your squad, or or how does it work to to facilitate all these extra games? Uh, you know, perfectly honest, we have a pretty good set set up here in in, in Zurich. Not every team in NLA. Uh, have this opportunity but we do have uh, obviously a junior team and, and a youth hockey supporting a lot of the players uh, for our teams so i think we, we had uh, 13 homegrown players last year's team uh, they're actually coming out of our, our youth hockey program so we we're doing a really good job of, of developing players in our organizations we also have a farm team actually uh, that plays nlb which is the second highest uh, league here in, in, in switzerland and it's also a professional league um, that we also have players to to pick from. So if that player's hurt, or or, or we want to, you know, obviously give our younger players more playing time at the professional level, we also do have an opportunity to to put them in, in with the Gessica team here in, in Kisnach, uh, which is uh, in Zurich as well. So uh, we do have a, a, a unique unique uh, concept when it, when it comes to to development, and and uh, we're going to keep uh, keep uh, obviously uh, uh, working on that concept and. Uh, we made a commitment, and I made a commitment to the organization that we're going to help younger coaches as well. Um, and uh, we we just got off uh, uh, a two-day uh, trip to to Germany here with with all uh, under 17, under 20, and and uh, our farm team coaches where we we did exchange ideas uh, for for our organization. We're playing under the same umbrella when it comes to to our playbook and whatnot. So uh, we're involved in that as well, and I really enjoying that part as well. So, so you have a sort of a, a Swedish system in a way uh, with, with um with the youth organization very close. However, Swedish clubs doesn't really have the the farm team opportunity. Um, Germany, as you mentioned, has had very strong um, classes coming out the last three four years into the draft. And um, 
Will will we see the result of of your time in Zurich and other young coaches? We got Christian Wolwend in, in Davos as an example, who has coached the Swiss national team or and Swiss under twenty team um, to to success. Um, will that help bring forward the next generation of Swiss players? Yeah, obviously, I, I think we're all making a commitment to to uh, make sure that happens. I, I'm here to 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 have a successful uh, NLA team, uh, and and that's going to be my main focus. Obviously, I, I'm paid to to make sure that we we uh, you know we win games and everything else. But uh, I think obviously the organization is looking at that big hole too. They they uh, they have a vision here of of uh, obviously they're building a brand new uh, arena, uh, thirteen thousand seat arena uh, in in city here and. Uh, where they have three ice sheets, and uh, obviously they're gonna relocate all the the youth hockey, and and obviously uh, um, uh, you know the, the professional team there as well, and junior teams and whatnot. So, so it's it's a it's a movement right now that's uh, um, obviously looking for the organization to to even become better, and and you know obviously uh, it's it's fun for me to be part of it, uh, and I'm gonna do my absolute best to 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 help the organization to to make the next step when it comes to. Not only winning games and, and hopefully winning championships here, but also, you know, developing players. Because I think at the end of the day, I think my focus has always been developing players. Because I feel if I can help the players become better players in in my, on my team and, and in organization, I think obviously uh, you know we're better off. I think we better have a better team. So a lot of uh, our, our we're sitting here every morning before we we starting our practice and. We're also looking at the individual uh, development of, of each player. Uh, and I think if you're making that investment every day, um, uh, I think you obviously at the end of the day, you have a better team. Uh, and, and so uh, that's that's kind of our focus on our organization. That's what really enticed me to, to come down here in, my, in the first place. And we're looking at, you know, three cups for, for you potentially in a year with the Swiss Cup as well. Um, we've seen in other sports that a, a cup might not have the same prestige as the the league is that an, another way where you can get these young players to get experience yeah absolutely absolutely i, I think uh, uh like i said we're sitting in in, in a good uh, position here in zurich with, with with having a farm team and working very closely with, with those coaches and 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 this year we're moving up players from from the farm team and, and finding those players uh, uh and uh you know same thing with, with the junior team so um, yeah, no. Anytime we can get experience, I, obviously I'm I, I'm looking at, you know, every day when we're sitting here, we're planning on, on uh, you know, pl- you know, setting up a lineup for for next game. We're looking at not only you know winning the, that game, but also what 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 can we do for for, for the long term, you know, uh, and have a development plan for for players. And in that sense, you, you can get a little bit of rotation in the lineup and and get some young players experience when when uh, all the players need a rest or. Uh, you know, uh, uh, or more established players are hurt. So uh, I think that's uh, uh, that's a good sign sign of an of a healthy organization. And where do you draw inspiration for that organization? Uh, I think I think it's uh, uh, you know the, the vision of, of the organization. I, I think we have a president here that that does have a, a huge interest in in, in developing. Yeah, young Zurich players, uh, and uh, you know, if you look at the lineups in, in on every team, you see a lot of uh, you know players that come, came from this organization. So uh, the, the starts there, and then obviously uh, there was a um, you know both the GM here, Sven Loyenberg, and, and uh, also Peter Zahner, who was the CEO. They they really wanted to have someone that uh, 
you know, want to be part of the, of that division of, of developing players and, and, and helping that way. So, uh, and I think that's what they really, really recruiting Ehar to, to come down here. And uh, at the same time, have, having a, a team that's expected to, to win every year and expected to be in the top, uh, you know, that that's the, the kind of, uh, pressure that that i'm used to from the from the national team we're expected to win every championship we, we're we're in uh in sweden and and it was the national team but uh obviously it's the same kind of a um, interest here in winning and, and the pressure and, and everything else and i i like that i thrive on that i try to to obviously set up uh, high goals and, and try to achieve them uh together with the uh, with the rest of the organization so uh that's uh that's something that uh, uh I, I like to do yeah, and you really had a good, great year in Zurich. You, you won the league before the playoffs were cancelled. On the other hand, Zurich, as you mentioned, they have a massive budget, probably the be- biggest budget in, in Europe outside the KHL. Um, and that brings some incentive uh, for for success and, and also a lot of pressure for success. Um, you were to face Lugano in the, in the playoffs before they were cancelled. Um, it's a defensive-minded team that actually beat you three out of four times during the regular season. How do you prepare for a, se- for, for a series like that, especially against a team that seems to have some sort of clue to beat you? Yeah, no, and, and uh, if you look at our league period, it, it's a very interesting league, and it's something else that attracted me to come down here is that, you know, you, every team plays in a little different way. You know, you, you see other leagues in, in the world, you know some other top leagues in the world that they're more or less they're they're copycatting each other and they play more or less play in the same style. You know versus here you you have the North American coaches that play in their way. You have the Finnish coaches they have their style. Obviously they have the Scandinavian coaches they have a different uh, setting every time you, you step it on the ice. So so that's a challenge. Uh, you know one other example another team we had problems with was Zug during the year and you know we lost the first four games uh, against Zug but you know we won the last two and. And that's just something that, you know, you need to learn. You know, you have a set way you want to play. You know, obviously you want to always try to get, uh, you know, the games into your strengths and what you, you're strong as a team and, and uh, you know, the, the players we have. And, and uh, you know, every every game is a challenge. But, you know, I think uh, each one of those games were a little bit unique in a sense of, of, uh, of playing Lugano, the two away games, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, you know, which is it's always a tough, tough team to play down there. And they had a good team and, and they beat us home in one game and, uh, and played very structured and, and, and had a huge success on a defensive play. So, uh, you know, at the same time, I think thought we mesh, uh, you know, if you look at uh, the, the numbers uh, when it comes to those games, I think in most of those games, we created quite a bit of chances. I think there's a lot of good stuff that, that was going on in those games as well. So, um, I think uh, set over over best out of seven. I think we're we're sitting pretty good anyways. But uh, that's a that's a great question. There's a always that's a, one of the toughest challenges you have in this league. Is is there's so many different ways of uh, the coaching and and uh, systems and, and playbooks and whatnot. So uh, and I think that's uh, another thing that made me a, made me a stronger coach uh, to be able to 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 handle that. So uh, it's been a it was a really fun year. You, you mentioned uh, quite a few things here that, that is super interesting. I think you, you mentioned the stats that, that they were in your favor. How much do you rely on, on advanced stats or analytics or, or what is considered to be normal stats nowadays? Yeah, no, and, and, and that's another excellent question. I think, uh, uh, number one, you need to see, you know, under your setting, what, what what's the emphasis from, from your team? How, how are those numbers coming up? I always want to see pictures when I... When there's a number being thrown out there, I want to see the the video behind that. You know, I, I want to see the consistency, uh, how those things happen. So, 
we, uh, we I have an assistant coach here, Johan Anderson, that I worked with for for many years with the federation, and we we came up on it with a formula that that really fit us uh, when it comes to numbers and stuff, and a little bit of uh, of measuring stick, see where we're at with our system, uh, and that's what we keep doing, and obviously we calibrate on that every time we have a chance of if you see something something new or something we think it could be even better to to measure up, but they need to be. I think the numbers need to be easy to explainable for for us, easy for us to understand, easy for the players when we explain it. Um, I think some of the numbers are, are not really relevant for to present present to the to the team because that's just another set of information. So I think you know, I think the the, the statistics is, is really important. The, the analysis from those the, those statistics are, are really important. It's really important to know who's doing it, uh, you know, because you know you, you can have. Uh, statistics have been taken from from one set of of, uh, of people and and you know maybe it's not relative how you uh measuring your own so you know it might be different from 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 game to game and that's not really consistent either so it's uh you need to put some time and effort into and, and make sure that those numbers are something that that really uh, um, pertain to what you do in every day and and guide you uh so like I said, we come up in a pretty good formula here in, 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 in Zurich, and we're and most of that came from our experience with with the national team in Sweden. So um, we feel, com- feel comfortable about it. But uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're basing most of that on, on on video, something we can explain on video. Yeah, I remember speaking with Liam Redox when he was in Vecco, and uh, he said Sam Hallam took him aside and, and and explained the numbers to him and said easily explained is that you control the puck on your stick for four seconds this game. We pay you to control it a lot more, and and he said that was the turning point when he started to understand analytics and and other other stuff than plus minus and 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 shots for and against a little bit. But it makes sense, and and that may be the toughest sort of role for a coach to explain the numbers in a certain way that the players really get it. Yeah, but we have, like I said, we have very very simplistic uh, uh, analysis after the game, uh, something that that the players understand. Uh, they've been part of actually uh, developing that as well, uh, so it's it's pretty easy to explain if we've been successful in the game or not. Not just based, based on the result, but you know how we played and how we want to play. Um, so I think that's uh, that's that's a pretty. Uh, uh, I think it's it's part of our our um, our um, you know everyday work and it's part of our process. So um, it's it's not uh, it shouldn't be a stress factor. And I think uh, I think the biggest thing is is uh, is for us is is uh, um, you know the everyday work in the process. I mean, how would it pertain to that as well? You know, and and uh, if you have it that way every day, and uh, I think the players get, get used to it, um, not getting overloaded with it. And uh, you know, when we have our, our personal conversation, I, I really don't bring much of the numbers up with the players. It's more of a, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, you know, obviously conversation, how they're feeling, how they're doing, you know, maybe roles on the teams and whatnot. So, uh, but it's always always good to have. Some evidence-based uh, information when you when you're talking to uh, to players as well, you know, so they can understand, you know, this is this is what we want from you, and this is uh, this is what we what we'll be talking about. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's a, it's a tricky it's a tricky deal because there's a lot of numbers out there, there's a lot of information out there. I think the biggest thing for us coaches is to get to get all the information. I'm not, not just talking about the analytics. I'm talking about everything. Is is the to kind of boil it down to and have a, a, a easy present presentation to the players, so it's not uh, um, obviously being heaven on the shoulders every time stepping on the ice, but more of a 
and sentiment and, and, uh, and sentiments for them to to take the next step, and, and that's that's how we see for, see on it as well. Indeed, and and you mentioned also the structure of your team, and that's actually where where I've had a little bit of a go at you um, once or twice. Uh, it seems that you you have a very good structure on a team when everything goes very well, but how difficult is it? Because I've never been in that situation, so I'm gonna confess to that and I probably never will as well but but when you feel it going against you how much can you change within the game because there is an opponent uh, opposing coach that will change as well and when he started to get the the upper hand it's easier to adjust to you rather than you adjusting to him maybe if you're on the backside yeah no and, and that's that's part of the game and I think that's uh, the, the fun part of the game obviously we we played against very good uh, you know opponents we very good coaching on the, on the other side of the uh, the glass and, and you know uh, so there's there's a lot of the aspects to the game um, I think uh, you know seeing over the period of time I believe in, in the structure and, and I think you know obviously we was based on what we looked at this year with the 50 plus games we play this year and see that the, the structure we set up that really fit any opponent. You know, there were a few opponents. You, you brought one of them, and Lugano has a has a has a positive, uh, um, you know, uh, record against us when when uh, doing the matchup. But most other teams, we we did have a positive uh, uh, record against most teams. Obviously, we're a first place team in, in the league. So, but that's that's a challenge every time. I think the structure. I, it, it needs to be set there. It needs to be an everyday word. It needs to be something natural for the players. It's something to lean on. Uh, but I also believe in the creativity of players of, of giving them allowance to to be uh, to be the be her in the game. Be the the guy who breaks the pattern a little bit and gets a, gets away from from uh, um, you know do something that they uh, they want to do at just that, that moment based on on their hockey knowledge. So and that's the tricky part. You know that's the tricky part. How do you allow the player to be creative at the same time you need to uh, have it uh, you know need some st- structure in order to have some consistency in what you're doing and, but i think uh, if you find that balance which we try to find every day it's uh, um, it's a challenge there there two really hurtful for me as a swede um losses with, with you at the helm it's obviously the the world cup uh, semi-final against team europe and the quarterfinal in, in uh, um, the olympics last time in south korea how difficult was it, um, and and how? What do you learn from from those kind of losses? Uh, every time you lose, I think you learn more from than than, than you win. You know, and at the end of the day, and obviously we we did the evaluations of, of every time we win and we lose. And you know, I I was in charge of of uh, as a head coach for five uh, five big tournaments, as one World Cup, one Olympics, and three World Championships. And and out of those uh, five. Uh, we only lost three games in regulation time. Uh, you know, hands down the best record. You know, as well as uh, um, as uh, you know those two two losses that you mentioned. I mean, it is tough losses in overtime, and um, you know there's, there's different scenarios. Obviously, in the World Cup, you have the, have the best uh, players available for for all teams. Uh, you know, and uh, I think uh, those those were tough tough losses, no question. Of it. But you 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 take two games out of. How everything is happening in in, uh, in the World Championship or in the World, World Cup, for example, we we did a great regular, regular or round round robin where we were first place in a group, and and obviously going in against a very very good uh, a team that's uh, that had a lot of Stanley Cup experience, a lot of Stanley Cup champions on that team, and and a lot of experience, and and obviously um, you know we're. 
you know, right before they scored a game-winning goal, we had a two-on-one where it easily could have been scored out. I think, uh, you know, Baxter had a very good shot on that. And obviously there's a lot of uh, situations happened before their, their goal. So uh, that's, a, that's a game that we easily could have, could have won, obviously. Um, and then when it comes to Olympics, you know, we had also a very good round robin. We only let one goal in, in three games. And we're coming in with really good confidence in, in, the, in the German game. And, and uh, like I said, we had a really strong, structured team. And, and suddenly the, the two shifts later in the first period are two, up to nothing already. So, you know, the two, we had to chase down. And, and obviously, we, with both those games, what was uh, easy forgotten, we were down both those games and coming back, you know. So it's, uh, you know, in that sense, uh, there's... Uh, um, it's uh, a lot of stuff that happens, but you know, you learn every time you're out there. You, I, I really, a guy that asks a lot of questions, how the players feel and everything else. But to see, you know, we're five championships again that I was charged of. We won two, two world, world championships, and both those were in, uh, in, uh, in a shootout. So it kind of tells you the, you know, uh, coaching at this level, it's really small margins to be successful and, and not. Where do you draw inspiration from? I, I spoke to Roger uh, Robert Olson, and and he mentioned as an example that he likes to watch NBA to partly because they're five on five, and and also trying to create those set plays in in order to um, facilitate a, a a open position for a shooter or, or something like that. Uh, do you look to to other sports or or do you read certain books which, which will benefit you in your coaching career? Well, the reason I have this job here is because I'm curious with with how to work with people. I'm curious how to work with people, and especially in a group setting. You know, how can we make each other better? Um, so, I, I, yeah, I do read, read a lot. Obviously, it's probably from my back, uh, my academic background. But uh, you know, I I had two or three books this this summer that I read through and, and got some new ideas how to approach players in different situations, how to approach different problems. Have a better understanding how, how your brain is working. How better understanding how the body is working, especially when you have a high pressure job and high stress job. Uh, I'm not just talking about coaching, but for for the players, how can we, how can I help as a coach help the players to uh, feel more uh, confident, feel more getting into the flow. And a lot of times, flow is is obviously based on you know playing without fear, and and that's that's my job as a coach to to set them in that that environment. So I'm I'm curious. A lot of a lot about that. Um, you know, when it comes to X and O's, yeah, I, I do look at a lot of uh, different sports, but uh, mainly it's hockey we're, we're doing, and, and you know that's kind of what I what I'm focusing on. But I'm a huge fan of of uh, soccer. I'm a huge fan of team handball. Uh, something I grew up watching, obviously, based on my mom who's playing uh, team handball. So, you know, there's uh, there's different uh, different sports that I'm watching. Uh, so uh, you know, it's uh, uh, I'm a big sports fan as well. But I'm I'm really interested to in see how people can work in a in a tough setting, how, how we can make each other better, and everything else. And I'm really curious about, about that part. Any particular book you want to give a shout out to after this summer? Yeah, no, it's a really interesting book book that I, I read is uh, the Culture Code, uh, Daniel Coyle. Um, which is uh, you know, the secrets of highly successful groups success on it, and that's uh, one of the books I, I really enjoy reading. It's uh, taken, you know, Daniel Coyle is uh, uh, taking a look at different organizations, why some are, are high performance, high uh, high success, highly successful, and, and others are not, and and, and have a little bit of a uh, rundown in, in, in different uh, different companies and, and different uh, uh, different types of groups and organizations. Uh, so it's. Uh, 
kind of gives you a little bit of idea. I mean, a lot of people are looking at the X and O's and everything else. I think at this level, most most coaches, uh, most teams know their their X and O's and the tactics and everything else. I think where you can can learn from from different things. Where I think you can really be an advantage or a disadvantage, depending how you how you handle that time. Is how do you work with people? Uh, how do you work with with these uh, um, these men that that work next to each other? And and, and how do we make them? Feel part of, of uh, what we're doing here, and, and inspire them. Really, you know, I think that's a, that's a big word. Word, you know, inspire these guys. What, you, you mentioned you're a soccer fan. Um, one of those that has inspired his team very, very well this last uh, year is is Jurgen Klopp. Obviously, uh, is that something you're looking into as well? How how he has performed, or Pep Guardiola when, with with Man City. Yeah, no. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, I get inspired by people too, and obviously, see what what both those guys have, have done in, in their uh, in their uh, coaching and their leadership styles is is uh, obviously a huge uh, huge uh, inspiration as well. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think you need to be yourself. I think it's too many uh, copycats out there as well. I think you need to be yourself as, as a person, and I think the genuine person of yourself is is the one that that people really is drawn to. Um, so. And, and both those guys have have different personalities, have different leadership abilities, and and uh, it really shows. But you know, something that I think they have in common is they feel really comfortable in what they're doing. They feel really confident in what, how they present themselves, how they present what they're trying to do, and what they're trying to accomplish every every time. So, uh, and that's something I think you need uh, to be as, as a leader. You need to be very confident in what you're doing, and and and, uh, um, and also present in a confident way. The, the, the... The difference between teams is usually minute at, at the level that you're coaching at, and and especially in between national teams as well. Um, when you think outside the box, because this is that's where you can make those marginal gains that that some sports clubs or, or teams are using as an example of, of how to become better. Where do you think you can find stuff like that? Is that in your management where you where you look to high performing culture, as you say, or companies? Or, or is it somewhere completely different? No, I think that's that's the main thing. And obviously, uh, it's, every coach at this level is is a, is a very good coach. Every organization at this level are, are very highly highly efficient, and highly functional. Uh, I think how how you can separate yourself is just to create an environment, you know, create an environment around these. Um, high performance uh, um, athletes, high performance athletes that that and, and create it. So they see opportunities every time they're coming down that they feel something, uh, being part of something bigger than themselves, and, and they can uh, um, obviously uh, function and then feel like uh, go back to the flow part. You know, how, how do you create that, that flow for the player, and so they feel like they can go out and play without fear. And I think you know when I came down here the, the year before, they were ninth place and missed the playoffs. And that, that was something we talked about daily, you know, and don't be afraid of losing, but, you know, hate to lose. That's, that's okay. But don't be afraid of losing before you start, you know, the fear of losing needs to go out the window and, and, and we need to be motivated every time you step on the ice. And that's, uh, again, it's a common theme. You know, there was a, there was a lot of stress in, in on the team and there's a lot of stress individually and each player and as well as the organization. And I, I think yeah, last year we were, we were focusing more about the process, everyday, everyday work and, and see opportunities, and, and every time we we feel a uh, um, you know challenged. So um, 
I think uh, I think we're still scratching the surface. I think we can even take a step this this year as well. So uh, there was there was an interesting change of of mindset from from players from day one to to you know right before the playoffs when we won six out of the last seven games in, in the regular season and and obviously clinched the, the regular season championship. So um, and that's something that I'm, I'm curious to see if we can build on that and and, and even start at a, at a different level next year and, and and take a step there as well. Indeed. As I mentioned in the lead-in, you are the European coach that is mentioned most of the time when it comes to opening spots in, in NHL. I think um, it was New Jersey Devils that, that um, asked Suresh if they could talk to you this year. Um, you don't have to confirm or, or not confirm that. But um, there are other teams that you, uh, other coaches that you worked with. Roger Runberg and Robert Olson has been part of this show as well. Um, you won gold at the World Junior Championships 2012, and how come their names are not on on NHL clubs calling cards? Well, they definitely should be. I think they're they're very good coaches. I I, I was fortunate enough to work with them. I think they're they're bringing something different that they uh, to the table. Um, you know, uh, and, and like I said, you know, it's uh, they there should be more coaches out there in, in Europe that should be mentioned. Uh, obviously. Uh, it has yet to be to happen. I mean, the last time it happened was obviously you know 30 years uh, ago, and, and obviously uh, I think it's, it's it's time due for 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 European chance coach to get a chance. I think you know if you go outside the, in other you know you have really good good coaches in Finland and and here in Switzerland and in uh, in Russia. I mean, you got coaches good coaches in 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 every uh, you know strong hockey culture country. So. Uh, there's, there should be more coaches that have been talked about. Uh, what my, why my name is popped up is, I think, it's pretty natural. I've been representing uh, Team Sweden and very successful championships for for a long period of time, and, and obviously my my North American background. I think those are main reasons. But uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of other coaches that, that should be mentioned and, and should be interviewed for for various uh, positions with NHL teams. If you look at NHL teams, you saw it with Klopp, you saw it maybe with uh, um, Babcock in a way in, in Toronto as well. Will you have to be award a European coach a longer contract to make sure that that coach can implement the system in, in regards to the team that he takes control over? I, I, I don't know. I think every every situation is different and every situation is uh, depending on on, I mean, I think that what what the general managers and, and organizations in North America and, and as well as Europe, uh, they need to do is assess the team and see what okay, what what kind of leadership do, do we want, and, and based on that, uh, you know, I'm just look for for the right coach for the for their team, and uh, you know, you see in different teams, and I, I'm not only talking about the NHL, I'm talking about uh, in Europe as well. Uh, you know, every league is different, and 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 you know, obviously the mindset is different in organizations, and and also the talent on the team is different. So, uh, I think you need to start there. Look what kind of team you have. Look as you as an organization, what do you what do you want from a head coach? Because obviously, this is a highly profile job. So, uh, you need to you need to pick pick the right person that you think fit fit your organization and fit your team and how you want to be coaching. So, uh, but uh, you know, it's. Uh, you know, I never coached the Swiss League before, so it was a huge, uh, huge challenge for for me to come down here and get familiar with with the culture of of Swiss hockey and 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 also uh, you know to the the height the the long standing culture of of ZZ hockey here in Switzerland and 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 everything else. So it, it was definitely a fun journey for me to 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 uh, come down here uh, and, and look at it. And they have a 
long tradition of North American coaches. They have Scandinavian coaches as well, but long tradition of North American coaches here. Um, so, you know, I think they, they were looking for that mix. Uh, and, and I think that they were looking at me can, can bring that mix because, you know, I coached in, in, uh, for a long period of time in, in, um, in us and, and, uh, and, uh, Canadian league as well. So, uh, for, you know, before I came here, uh, in Swedish national team and came here to Switzerland. So they know that I can bring a little bit of hybrid type of coaching that's that kind of suited their, their organization as well as their team. And, and obviously, uh, you know, my first, first try here has gone pretty, pretty well so far. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to, to get the things going in for, for a second season and, and take it to the next level. So, uh, like I said, you know, they, they need to look at what kind of team they have organization wise. What are you looking for, for, uh, for that, that coach, uh, no matter where they're, where they're from. You mentioned hybrid coaching. Um, I'm going to throw it out there, hybrid ice. Um, how big of a difference is it for, for you as a coach to coach on a smaller rink and, and a bigger rink? And how do you adjust the players to, to make that switch? I really don't think it's that big of a difference. I, I really don't. Uh, I think there's some tactical stuff in, in the way you're coaching. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, with smaller ice sheet versus uh, bigger ice seats, uh, you know, I, I, I like to play aggressive and I think, uh, um, I think it will fit even better in, in, on a smaller sheet of ice. Uh, so, uh, because, you know, here and on the bigger sheet of ice, you have to scale a little bit more. Uh, but uh, I don't think that, that that's a big of a difference. I think that the leadership part of this is huge, no matter if it's smaller or, or big ice sheets. And, and the leadership part is something that, that uh, any organization, any team uh, should, should look at. Uh, the tactical stuff uh, is, 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 is not huge. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there are a few things that, that needs to be adjusted, obviously, from small rink to big, big rink. But the mindset is, is something that's an attacking mindset, uh, I think, will be even more successful in a small rink than a, than a, than a bigger rink. Uh, and I like the attacking mindset. I like the, the active brain. Is that how we should talk to you or, or speak about you, that you are a hybrid coach, you have this mix of North American and European systems in, in your back, backpack. And in a way, you can say that, as we mentioned before, that Swedish coaches have stolen from any other league in the world and, and make it into their own way. Um, are you that kind of coach? I think every coach is, is influenced obviously from the background and, and it would be weird to say after 20 years in, in North America that I wouldn't be influenced of, of uh, North American mindset as well as uh, as uh, way of, of playing the game and, and understanding the background. Uh, you know, something new for me was to go to Switzerland. I think that was a it was uh, something really uh, interesting for, for myself uh, after being with the Swedish national team and being in North America and I feel right now after a year here that I learned, learned a lot and, and and uh, obviously, I feel like I'm a better coach today than I was 12 months ago. Um, so, you know, based on uh, on, on your experiences, I, I think the world right now, the hockey world, is is, is getting smaller and smaller. What I mean by that is that uh, it's, it's it was a big difference when I moved over in the late 80s to play college hockey, the, the way that the games were played, because it was before. Before you had, you know, uh, broadcasted games for NHL in, in Europe and, and obviously internet with with everything. You can just a couple clicks away. You can look at any game at any time uh, of the day and, and, and see, the, you know, watching other, other leagues and other influences and, and get that, um, you know, versus, you know, back in the late 80s. It was a you know, Swedish way. It was a Russian way or a Soviet Union way back then. And, 
you know, a Czechoslovakian way or, or a Finnish way, it was really easy to, to see the differences versus now. I think uh, most uh, most nations and most uh, players and, and, and teams are, are looking at more more worldwide and and and, uh, and uh, how the game is played and, and learn from it. You know, uh, so. Um, but I, I think an experience of, of, of coaching and understanding different cultures is important, obviously. Looking at one that, that took a, quite a big step for, for a junior player was uh, Austin Matthews, who went to Zurich in his draft year to, to play professionally. Is that something you see uh, or, or would want to see from more Canadian or North American players in their draft year to, to go and actually measure up against the pros? Uh, obviously, it was a little unique uh, case with, with Austin because he, he played in, in the national development program in, in the U.S. And, and you know he had a um, late birth, birth year and or uh, uh, yeah I was you know obviously born in the later part of the year and and uh, you know so he looked for one year of going somewhere and play and and obviously that that was that was a good option for him and he took it and came here and obviously excelled in, in his career here. Uh, Uh, so I think every case again is, is a little bit unique. You know, you you need to look at what's what's best for for that player that given time and, and what he feels best himself. But I mean, I wouldn't exclude it. I don't think it, it's it's obviously very good leagues over here, and you, you play professional hockey uh, versus I think you can only play junior hockey in, in the U.S. and Canada. You know, so um, but obviously uh, for him it was a, it was a good move to move here, and then hopefully. Uh, You know, he excelled here as well and, and became the player he is right now. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see what the what the that kind of a move will will uh, pave away for for other other players come over here. Um, I, I'm going to finish with a quote here, and and you touched on it a few times. Johan Cruyff said that a player needs to be happy off the pitch in order to perform on it. Is that something that you're trying to work with your players as well? You mentioned it. You need to be accessible. You need to make sure that they are feeling all right, et cetera, et cetera. But do you take a personal interest in, 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 in their private life as well, or, or do you keep that distance? No, I think it's, it's a clear division of, of, you know, you're a coach, you're a, you know, you want to be a mentor. You want to be a guy that's helping the, these individual players and individual people to, to become a better hockey player because that's a passion, but also, you know, have interest in what they're doing. And, um, you know, and I'm talking about, uh, yeah, them as, as, as people um, and, and you know I always believe in asking a lot of questions uh, I think uh, um, I think that's that's really important ask a lot of questions and, and, and be interested in what they're doing and, and uh, I learned tons from players um, from, from uh, all kinds of stuff everything from from on ice stuff to other stuff in, in, in life and, and learn number one about them as, as, as individuals so uh, I'm curious uh, in my nature and I think that's that's really really important but You also need to be times where 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 you are the general when you are making those decisions when you're making tough decisions and and uh, but it, until that point of time I think you have more understanding from from players even those tough decisions you have to make sometimes you have more understanding if they they understand how I'm thinking how I'm how well prepared I am and uh, you know and I think it's important for me to explain that process to them and and I think you have more acceptance that way so I, I totally agree with the Craig when it says that. A happy player is usually uh, a player that's going to perform, and I'm mean, just going back to the flow. The flow, when you can do stuff without fear, uh, and and that's my goal to create the kind of environment for for any players wherever I'm at. So, uh, and uh, and uh, that's why I'm here, and to to become a better coach and 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 to help these players out to achieve their goals. 
Indeed, it's been a pleasure. Um, final question, and I'm going to hold you to this, Richard. When is there a European coach in the NHL next time? Uh, good question. Uh, <laughs> it is a good question, but uh, I, again, I, I think uh, you know coaches in this league that that, that I coached against and and international as well. There's there's a lot of good coaches out there, and, and I, I sure hope that. Uh, one of us get an opportunity and, and hopefully do a really good job um, if, if that happens. But uh, uh, when it happens, it's, it's, uh, uh, we'll, find, we'll find out. <laughs> no, you, you, you talk like a politician there. You don't really want to mention the year. Anyway, I'm going to ask one favor of you before we call this uh, to an end. Uh, the next guest is Thomas Montaigne. Uh, would you want to introduce him to the crowd or, or do you have anything you think I should ask him? Yeah, no, Thomas, I've been fortunate to work with him as well. Obviously, he's the under-20 national team coach for, for Sweden. Uh, work with him both the national team and, and the under-20 national team, uh, and under-18 also. So, uh, very uh, uh, very smart guy. Has a good, uh, I think, uh, good feel for the players, good feel for the locker room. Um, I think he's a very approachable guy. I think the, the players like to play for him. I think he's well-prepared. Um, and uh, he's a little bit of a of a hockey man like myself, so uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of questions I want to want to ask him myself. But I'm sure uh, with these questions you ask me, I'm sure you're well prepared for for uh, for him as well. Well, it's been a pleasure, and um, I hope uh, you will have a great summer, even in, under the circumstances we are right now. Best wishes to your daughter and your wife, obviously, for and thank them for us for for taking this time from them. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.